When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast. A massive Merry Christmas to all you listeners out there listening. Today we are joined by Simon Bajkowski. Hello. And Ian Cheeseman. You're all right, season's greetings to you. <laughs> We're not getting to the sitting that again. <laughs> we just had to do two takes of me getting that wrong. But um, guys, I'm going to start with you, Ian. It's been two games have gone since that we've done our last podcast. What has gone wrong? What has gone wrong at City? Well, that is the big question that everybody wants to know, and there's no easy answer to it. Um, they've lost a bit of confidence. That's part of it, because football's so much of confidence. But the obvious answer, the thing that's staring everybody in the face, is the absence of Fernandinho, who I've been a huge fan of for the last two years. I actually thought he was City's Player of the Year last year. Uh, I know everybody tends to want to talk about uh, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. You know, Sergio Aguero, other players like that who I, of course, love as well. But I still believe and, and believe more than ever now, I mean, watched the last two games, that Fernandinho is crucial. That's not to say that there aren't other players who can do the job, but that could apply to any any role. But at the moment, City don't have an alternative. And I think Fernandinho is, is an exceptional player. Um, sometimes it can be taken for granted, the role he fulfills. He helps to protect the defenders. City's team is not really designed to defend. Um, it's always been a vulnerability that they've had. The difference in these last couple of games is that the other teams haven't had that extra layer of protection that Fernandinho offers. So we've seen um, John Stones fulfil that role. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I've <laughs> suggested that John Stones defensively, that isn't his strength anyway. As a defender, I think he's a great footballer. Um, and in the Pep formation, the Pep way of playing, I can absolutely see why John Stones is is is, an, is a key player actually, and and works very well. But as an out and out defender, you can't make a comparison to say Virgil Van Dijk at Liverpool, who is an out and out defender. Or Imeric Laporte at Manchester. Or Imeric Laporte. That's a very good point, Simon, because I think uh, Laporte is a very good defender and is playing well. The fullbacks have have, have obviously been a problem. Uh, Mendy's been injured. They've they've had different alternatives that have played at left back, including Laporte, who I think is much better suited to play at central defence than at left back, and I think he's exposed a little bit more when he's playing at left back. We saw last season Fabian Delph doing well in that role, but obviously in the games when he had protection from Fernandinho and the rest of the team was playing at the peak of its form, so the possession was being dominated, etc. There's also been a lot of questions asked just lately of Kyle Walker. I don't think he's had a, a, a brilliant season. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's had a terrible season, but he's certainly not been at the peak that we've seen him at before. So... With the fullbacks not being quite at it, um, with the, the slight vulnerability that I believe Stones has defensively, uh, Fernandinho is, is even more essential in what City do. I think Gundogan has had an attempt at that role. I personally feel that actually Kevin De Bruyne is the one who could probably fill it the best. However, then you lose his exceptional ability, you know, 
in a more attacking role, in a number 10 role or in a drifting wide role. So in one word, the difference has been Fernandinho. <laughs> so? Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, there's just... It, it feels we don't want to sort of build this up into more than it is but it, it just feels like everything has gone wrong um, in a very short space of time which you can't really account for um, you know if you want to take it like GCSE history style and go like trigger short term and long term factors like long term they've had loads of injuries a lot of injuries and De Bruyne being out was manageable for the first part of the season. De Bruyne and Silva being out has not been that manageable. Fernandinho being out. Even players like Jesus was missing again. Um, and it, it's been a struggle to, um, you know, to have those options. It's always been other teams looked at City's bench and thought, crikey, you know, even if the first team doesn't perform, look at who's coming off. They've lost that a bit. Um, they've lost leadership with those players being out injured as well um, if you think about um, and then you've got issues like Kyle Walker being at fault for two goals against Palace and Townsend scoring a wonder goal Delft being at fault for Leicester's first goal and nearly giving away another and Pereira's goal was a wonder goal you can't do much about that but the, the main thing I think is that City have lost that ability to attack and so they're giving the ball away more and so the defence is under more pressure do you think it, it could be a little bit of burnout in the team in, in terms of the way City do play it's so on the front foot it's attacking do you think almost the common players have must hit a wall in terms of like the legs and the games that they haven't been playing I don't think you can say that necessarily because they managed it for the whole of last season but you know it, Bernardo has seemed a bit more jaded in the last few weeks because he's been covering for De Bruyne and Silva for, for most of the season um, and players like De Bruyne and Aguero are back in the team but look a bit leggy because they've had injuries so there's form issues there's fitness issues and there's <laughs> defensive and attacking issues there's also transfer issues Ian I mean if you want to go back to Fernandinho I mean yeah he, he, he obviously he did, didn't play but you go back to the summer when City wanted to buy was it Jorginho why did so from obviously an outside looking in City identified Jorginho as a signing for the defensive midfield role they didn't get him and they kind of just disregarded going for anyone else do you think that is a criticism of City that they didn't have a plan B in that that spot it's certainly a valid criticism to say that that was an identified full role that needed to be covered you know with Fernandinho at his age as much as I admire him you know you can't expect him to play at absolute peak in every game so there needed to be another signing you may also talk at some point in this podcast about strikers because lots of fans are, are talking to me about the lack of strikers I, I believe even Sean Gutt has been in contact with us uh, saying that so yeah. we'll perhaps come to that but City did look at other players they looked at Fred uh, who obviously ended up uh, going to, to Manchester United uh, Kovacic I think is that his name obviously you yes. struggle with Simon Bajkowski so I'm not going to ask you but uh, you know he, he, he went to Chelsea as well uh, they, they have actually been linked with three or four of that type of player and missed them out missed out on them and, and 
there are City fans who are asking me, and I must admit I asked the same question, you know, why? In fact, my wife said to me before I came today, why does City go for all these players and always miss out? Is it that they want to go to another club? Is it because they're being offered more money at another club? Is it because of some, some other factor? What is the reason? Because surely City playing this dream football with Pep Guardiola regarded as if not the best, certainly one of the best coaches in the world, and so much talent in the club, why would those players not want to come to City? And if, before you chuck in the argument about, well, London and Barcelona and Real and, and Madrid are much better places than Manchester, well, when United were dominating the football world, when Liverpool were dominating the football world, people didn't say, who'd want to go and live in Liverpool? Who'd want to go and live in Manchester? They've still come, and City have got some of the best players in the world playing at City. Sergio Aguero hasn't gone, why would I want to go and play in Manchester? I'd play, rather play in uh, Barcelona. He's chosen to play at City. David Silva, the same comes from you know beautiful part of the world but he's playing in Manchester so I don't think that's part of it so what is the reason why can't this I mean what is the latest I, mean, I saw a headline this morning on on, on the blog on, on the MEN about and it's probably you doing it Simon about Frankie de Jong and looking like City may possibly be missing out on him and I know that's been a rumour for a while but he's the latest one of those players that they're linked with isn't he yeah there's reports from Spain that uh, de Jong has chosen Barcelona rather than City which would be a big blow I think because De Jong as well as being very good is also young and so therefore fits the sort of successor mantle uh, to Fernandinho more than say Jorginho Um, but I mean Jorginho would have been really good as he is showing at Chelsea but he's playing every week at Chelsea he's dislodged Kante from that role which many people questioned and, and are still questioning but you know, he's a player that wants to play every week. Would he have been happy coming to City? Do you think, sorry, do you think there's a financial shift at City in terms of the way that they're now going to go about the business? Because, I mean, you look at you look through City's squad, I mean, the best players, I mean, you've got David Silva, Aguero, um, you've got, I mean, obviously Compton doesn't play anymore, but you've got David Silva and Aguero, two players that came in 2000, what, 2011? Yeah. They've been through three title-winning teams. The best players still seem to be the ones that came along uh, quite a while ago now. Well, I, I think Raheem Sterling's pretty good, and Leroy Sane's pretty good, and Edison's pretty good, and Laporte's pretty good, <laughs> and Stones is pretty good, and Fernandinho's pretty good. Of, of course, but the point I'm trying to uh, make is that Fernandinho came 2013, Silva, Aguero, these are the players. I mean, you can make a point for them as well, but City without them three, of a lot, a lot I mean, City without De Bruyne a lot of the season I'm still obviously were winning games still but without Aguero they've, they've dropped off a bit I think he's making a good point here do, do, uh, do, do, do you agree because <laughs> I think I, I mean I don't know if City are, have made a, have shifted their almost their transfer model are they going, like looking at younger players now? I, act, I actually think you're making a very valid point which isn't perhaps been as as in the forefront of people's minds recently and obviously those outside of City fandom will look at the Blues and, and, and they're saying it now and even City fans are saying go and spend go and spend they've got the money you hear fans of other clubs and, and I heard yesterday at Leicester people, it, Leicester fans as I was wandering around saying it you know they're the richest club in the world they can buy whatever they want you then switch on talk Sport or Five Live or something and all the fans of other clubs come on and say that City can spend whatever but just recently if you actually 
look at the evidence and I know some people especially non-City fans will ridicule me for saying this but they haven't actually been spending as much it hasn't been as noticed they went out and bought Riyad Mahrez in the summer and that was it that was the big flagship signing of the summer that doesn't compare to what they did in the times you're talking about, Ash, where they were building a club, where they were they're putting the key components in, which have been great uh, value for money because of the longevity that City have got out of them. Um, I don't personally think Mares has really worked yet for City, so effectively they haven't really improved that squad at all last summer. And Pep, in one of his recent press conferences, and in fact has repeated it a few times, as I'm sure Simon will, will confirm, has been saying, no, we're not going to spend anything in January we're not going to go out and get anybody and and, and I think that's something to do with keeping within FFP not wanting to upset UEFA and that the model of spending a lot of money early on to build the club has now done its job and, and without being able to confirm this or we don't get to speak to the, the, the chairman we don't get to speak to the, the owner um, and obviously the club don't come out and tell us this directly but instinctively it feels to me as if everything's been reined in a little and said right you, you've got all your building blocks you say you're happy with the squad so now stick with it and, and you can tinker with it and you can make the odd alteration one flagship signing every now and again but I don't feel as if there's that that, that that's desire uh, within the financial control the ability to actually go out and splash the cash in the way people are th- thinking that they're going to go down and say oh give 90 million give 100 million for Frankie de Jong uh, go and sign you know a top striker from somewhere and Mbappe for 200 million I don't think City are in the market for that do you? No no I really don't and I think you know there's a lot been made about how much City have spent but I think in four or five years' time, other clubs will have caught up and exceeded City for the reasons that you're saying, because they've spent a lot, and but now they've got this squad. Why would you rip up that squad? What You know, who's in there that shouldn't be in there, really? Um, you know, they wanted to sign Jorginho, yes, and I think, I can't remember whether you asked on camera or not, on on audio or not Ash but you know saying why don't they sign anyone else when they didn't get Jorginho and I think they just got a bit fed up with the market to be honest because as soon as they didn't get you know the it was it was put out there that they wanted Kovacic and Lamina I'm not sure if they did um, want them enough to pursue them once the Jorginho deal fell through or whether it was just part of the negotiations with Napoli for Jorginho and that took forever and it was a wrangle and it was a mess and then Napoli didn't screw him over but it kind of City were left a bit red faced over that one and then suddenly they're linked with everyone every midfielder going as clubs and agents are pushing their players for phenomenal prices alright you were going to pay 60 million for Jorginho right well let's have 100 for for my lad and whatever and I think they just thought right we've got Gundogan we've got De Bruyne we've got Delph we we have the players to manage and they would have had the players to manage if they hadn't had six or seven injuries that have sort of really derailed the no, season I just want to touch on when Pep said that they wouldn't be signing anyone in January I personally do think that that could just be City 
Pep being the one who's saying, right, we're not going to get bullied in the January transfer window for wanting to put over the top for a player, possibly. Yeah. I, mean, I might be might be right, I might be wrong. But I just think that when you look at Pep, and I think when teams have won the league in the past, you look at Conte at Chelsea, and I think you look at maybe, maybe even Mourinho before that at, was it Chelsea? They don't go and push on and get them extra players. I think it happened with Mancini as well in the first year, they won the league. And maybe, just maybe, could that, if City don't go out and get that, could that maybe almost hurt the relationship between City and Pep in terms of hierarchy in City? It's just a question to don't you guys. Yeah, don't forget his relationships with Cheeky, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I can't see Cheeky not wanting to try to give Pep what he wanted. There may be above, above that there may the things that we don't know about there may have been in discussion two years ago well you can go out and you can get that one that one and that one you can get Sane you know you can get um, other players like that but there is a limit so this is the amount you've got and an amount that we never know about and one that once that's gone then you have to work within I mean you know you, you, I've heard rumours over at, at Old Trafford and I know this is a City podcast that you know one of the reasons why Mourinho had such a problem was and it, and it happened ever since Fergie went was that somebody was saying this is how much you can spend and you know even suggestions uh, and I think Fergie's almost confirmed it that that was one of the reasons he got out when he did and you know City have have, have, it feels to a certain extent drawn the drawbridge up now you're saying Ash that it could be a bluff you know that this could be an, a negotiating position, and you might be right. Time, time will tell. Obviously, if at the end of January they don't sign anybody of any significance, that would tend to suggest that theory is wrong. I don't personally think it's a bluff. However, which which goes against what you're saying, if they now go out and sign somebody. I'm not saying it's a panic situation, but it may have been unplanned. They may have gone into, you know, hoping to go into January thinking we're not going to sign anybody, but then you lose three games out of four, um, you know, and and you start to perhaps look at the world slightly differently. And every City fan I know is saying a left-back, Mendy's out long-term, there's no solution at left-back, Zinchenko... I think he's a decent player, but he's not a left back, and he's and and he's a kid. F- uh, Fabian Delph seems to have been exposed in in recent matches, and has never been a left back either. By the way, Mendy's obviously now got a, a, a track record of being injured because he's had two long term serious injuries. So there's clearly a problem. And I was looking at Chilwell playing for Leicester because City had been linked with him and thinking, is he is he good enough? And and I'll I'll leave I'll part that view for now. But but you know obviously they're interested, and now surely Fernandinho has been highlighted as so, not that any City player ever doubted it, City fan I should say, but Fernandinho has now been highlighted as such a key player. Does that now prompt City to suddenly add twenty million onto, um, you know, either um, Frankie De Jong or somebody else, and suddenly go, we've just, listen, just pay whatever, just pay whatever, and of course the other one is two strikers. You know, um, Aguero gets injured or loses a bit of form, doesn't look quite himself at the moment, don't know if it's because he's just coming back from injury or, or whatever, he doesn't look quite himself. And Jesus has had an attack of, of, of confidence. Whatever you, your view of him is as a player as to whether he's good enough or will be good enough, it's, it's clear for everybody to see that he's, he's got a bit of a confidence issue. So... 
the question I'm I'm saying on behalf of City fans is, can you cope? And they've been saying it for a year and a half, two years, with just two strikers really on your roster. This false nine, does it really work? I don't know. Not not proven to work so far, has it? Even though we all think it can work. Do City need a left back? Do they need to sign three? No. <laughs> I love Simon, he's just so dry in it. <laughs> I mean the the other important thing that needs factoring in is Guardiola and man management and he deliberately has a small squad because it's hard to keep play he finds it incredibly hard to leave players out and hard to keep them happy when they're not playing. As soon as Aguero isn't playing one or two big matches, he's straight into the mix zone talking to us, telling us how unhappy he is and how He's never that blatant, but, you know, suggesting that he would like to play more games. Jesus wants to play more games. Now, if they're playing one in two now, are they going to be happy if they're then playing one in three? Sane, Sterling, Mares, they can't all play every game. So if another, you know, if more cover is signed, then are they going to be happy? I know they're not going to sign more forwards, but you, you never know with Pep. Fernandinho, the role does need covering, but it needs you know the right replacement they're looking to sign someone that can replace Fernandinho for 10 years rather than someone's coming for for a few months and do a job because they've got players at the club already that can do a job but it all comes down to to injuries either you say they've been incredibly unlucky with injuries at the minute and this season and also unlucky in that the players that aren't injured seem to have suffered a loss of form because, you know, they, they got 100 points last year. They've not turned into bad players overnight. But either you say that or you say there is an injury problem or problems with certain players and we need to sign in those positions. But the plan was not to to sign. Because yeah. Guardiola said um, after the game at, at Leicester, and I must say because I said pre-Palace that he was terrible in his press conference he was really really good and spoke very well and very honestly after the Leicester game but he said that he still has confidence in these players because of what they did last season and what they did up till December in this season yeah and we'll talk, we'll get on to the Premier League and also the Champions League in a second but we've had some tweets directed in your way uh, Ian one question came from Andrew Evans was when City won the league against QPR, they had Jekyll, Balotelli and Tevez and Aguero all on the pitch. City currently have Jesus and Aguero. Is that enough? Well, that's the that's the point I suppose I was asking myself. You know, I don't think it is. And, and whilst Simon makes a, a good point um, about Pep wanting to keep the squad happy, and I, I, I completely understand that. The fact, if, if if Jesus and Aguero were, which which is impossible to predict, fit all the time, and whenever thing, either yeah. of them came into the team, they were yeah. flying and banging, it wouldn't be a problem. But the fact is that football being football, and Aguero being the age he is as well now, which will increasingly make him susceptible to injuries, I'm not sure that, that two is enough. You know, you've got a kid who people keep saying he will be a star and you've got Aguero who they're saying has been a star but is now, you know, um, possibly... He's still a star. He is still a star. Yeah, I'm not having a go at Aguero but... Say five years ago, there was there was a there was more in his legs. That that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, 
and, and he's a very clever, studious sort of player who has developed under Pep. I mean, that, that pass, that assist for Bernardo Silva at Leicester was top quality. And I'm not sure that the Aguero five years ago would have done that pass. I think he might have tried to take it on himself. So that's a real mark of how he's developed. But the Aguero, which was the one that ran across the goal and scored that goal against QPR, not saying he can't do that anymore, but if he's lost half a yard of, of pace, then it's more difficult for him to do it, and certainly for him to do it every three days, three or four days. And and I suppose the other thing I'd chuck into the do City need a four, you know, three and four strikers is what Mario Balotelli and Edin Dzeko offered was a different type of striker. And Aguero and Jesus, um, first of all, when they play together, don't seem to gel in, in the way that, that you might want them to. They seem to prefer both of them to play as a, as a lone striker. But what they offered, Dzeko and, uh, and Balotelli, was height as well. You know, another option, another type of delivery. And with Mares in the team, who is... You know the one great asset he's got is he's got a wonderful left foot, and and you, you've seen him cross, you know, brilliant balls in, which have been headed in by somebody like Bernardo Silva, you yeah. know, or, or or Raheem Sterling. But imagine if you could, and I don't want to see City play Route One, but imagine if you could have a a, a bigger, more demand, you know, powerful, dominating striker that it, it only gave you necessarily an option, not necessarily as your first choice every week, but gave you that option so that in certain types of games and certain types of situations as again we've seen United do with, with Fellaini you, you've got a plan B but there isn't a plan B is there with, with, with the options that City have got as strikers no no it's a very good point and I wrote something on Jesus a few weeks ago to that effect that got a few negative comments shall we say but you know Aguero when Jesus came in was challenged to change his game now that he's changed his game and is a better version can do what he did before but can also do what Jesus did does so well what how does Jesus respond because he needs to add something to his game if you know he's going to challenge Aguero again but yeah it's it's tricky again <laughs> I've got I, mean, I need to ask this question um, this is to both of you so you can both answer it I'll start with you Ian can City win the league or the Champions League without any transfer signs in January? Uh, well, seven points is not unsurmountable and everybody will talk about when they won it when they were, I think it was ten points behind United that season. But I have to say at the moment, having slipped up in games that they shouldn't have slipped up in, um, that uh, and, and I certainly don't want to be a harbinger of doom, but unless... Liverpool implode or get injuries um, the way they're going at the moment they're going to do something remarkable this season um, and, and you know, I, I just don't I mean this game of course against Liverpool um, if they were to lose that at home I think the title's gone I, re I really do think it's gone um, in the Champions League you saw that they struggled a little against Lyon um, and Leon aren't the best team in Europe I think they'll undoubtedly well I say undoubtedly I'm very confident City will beat Schalke in the last 16 but after that you start to play really tough teams and um, no at the moment I'm, I'm not convinced that, uh, that City I think you have to have a, 
an exceptional shot-stopping goalkeeper and as good as Edison is as a, with his feet, I don't think he's an exceptional shot-stopper as a goalkeeper and defensively, you have to be able to defend to win the Champions League. So, Yeah, they, they can win both. Without Simons? Yeah. Really? I'm, oh, I'm so pleased I'm sat here with Simon. It's <laughs> just the lift I need Simon. No, I mean, you know, they've got the squad to win to win both. Liverpool have been tremendous and it doesn't look like they're going to to fold at any point. But they've got they've got Arsenal coming up. if City can get past Southampton and uh, and Arsenal take anything off Liverpool that's the gap reduced then they play Liverpool on Thursday. Uh, on Thursday and so you know if Arsenal draw at Liverpool and City beat Liverpool then the gap is two points again which yeah. would flip all of this misery and doom that's currently surrounding City at the minute for you know for good reason but you know it's I don't think that necessarily will happen and I think if City lose to Liverpool at home then you kind of the fat lady's certainly warming up um, but then the Champions League I don't think they will win it because I think they've, they're still a bit naive um, in in knockout games and against European opposition but the Champions League isn't about being the best team in Europe or the best team for a season it's about being the best team in you know six or eight knockout games from February onwards we still haven't had one game this season where Guardiola has been able to put out his best 11 and you know that time has to come surely at some point in the second half of the season yeah. we're going to see his best 11 players on the pitch and if they can get their best 11 and the best you know that if they can get injury free then they've got every chance because they have a squad that is capable of winning both and it's a good point you did make there about it's just the next two games I mean you talk about City and uh, talking about playing Liverpool and Liverpool playing Arsenal as well the last two games have shown that things do change very very quickly in the Premier League as we spoke last time that we were questioning Jurgen Klopp's comments about is the league yeah. really more than a yeah. two-horse race I'm, I'm you've got Spurs now who are above City and you, to think that if you would have thought that a month ago you would have thought yeah. nonsense like, you wouldn't have I'm, I'm more confident of Arsenal getting something at Liverpool than I am of City getting something at Southampton wow. <laughs> that's how, uh, how the, the tides turned it shows how quickly things change yes but yeah. until then we obviously we will speak again I'm sure before that Liverpool game where we'll have an entire podcast episode probably dedicated to that game because it is going to be a huge one but until then, thank you guys for joining me. It's, uh, it's a blast as usual. Yes, and a happy yeah. new year to everyone. Yeah. I'm going to mention that this time. Happy new year to all the listeners. You oh, can say that, can you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing was, the last time, I just completely forgot that it was Christmas. I mean, working all the way up till it, you just don't, you never obviously, you never think about it. You, then, obviously, when you do finish it. Now you've got your Christmas yeah, jumper Christmas. on, you're full of festive <laughs> cheer, Santa hat on. Yeah, but... If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on Aircast. Do leave us a review on Twitter or iTunes or whatever platform you do listen on. And we will be back again just before the Liverpool game. And until then, have a great new year. See you then. <laughs>